0: Welcome, gamers, to this week's episode of Last Call Gaming. We're on episode eighty. My name is Craig Prowse, and joining me is the H two O Slurpin, man, Jamontame. Got to fight that dehydration. How you feeling, buddy? Uh, well, I I know, yeah, because I I know we're drinking. Uh, Last week we couldn't drink. I'm drinking this week, but you're still under some some meds, are you?
1: I still can't because I have. I'm kind of weaning off some of my pneumonia medicine, especially when I had to go back in for my checkup. So I'm just having a watcher. Yeah,
0: but But I made a promise to Will Dixon that uh, we're going to try not to not do episodes where we're not drinking. He was very disappointed in this. But uh sorry. I'm sorry, bro. But this week's drink comes from uh, my brother, Gino, who was actually in Flagstaff. He was doing his test for his banking. So congrats to Gino because he did get and pass his Series 7. And uh, that's a pretty big it's pretty big feat. And he came home with the yeah, for hole. a banker for a banker. He came home with the pie hole porter that rests comfortably at a 5.5%. It's a cherry vanilla porter. Never had it, never heard of it. Um, and I've really, when I'm drinking it, I really just taste porter. I'm not really tasting too much cherry or
1: uh, or vanilla. But I'm hoping maybe that comes comes later. Spoiler alert: I did take just a drink out of it just to try it because oh, I baby hate. Sipper. I hate both cherry and vanilla, so I thought I would hate this beer. Uh, yeah, it does. Just it just tastes like flavorless, like dark beer. Like if I was to pour it out, I would imagine that is like a very dark brown color. thick roasty uh, beer but I, I do like it it is it is good yeah i'm just waiting not i'm
0: waiting for the cherry vanilla to hit the palate and, and tell me i if... hope it's all sitting at the bottom and it tastes like shit no Maybe you're hope, supposed ooh. to
1: shake it before you open it
0: oh <laughs> exactly <you're just laughs> we we'll have a party on this show so uh gino thank you for the drink and uh again congratulations on getting your series seven my man um so next guys if before we get any further Take a quick second, hit that subscribe button. If you guys are looking to follow us on any other social medias, all that stuff's going to pop up right now. You can look at that. And just look in the description. It has a link to all of our stuff uh, throughout our audio podcast as well as our social media. So take a second and click those, subscribe. And if you can, leave combat, or leave, combat, leave a comment and leave some feedback because that
1: does go a really long way for us. Or if you want to combat, meet us in the parking lot between uh, 6 to 7. Arizona time tonight, so with that being said
0: let's move into our first story of the day And that is that CD project red has been hacked and files have been stolen now The what it shows that has been stolen is source code for the red engine as well as CD project red games now Exactly what was stolen so there there is a really good IGN article and that again is in the description so if you guys want to read the whole thing um, they'll dissect it a little more because it really kind of shows the way these weird back alley black market things kind of function. But what they go on to say is, speaking to IGN, Victoria uh, Kavilovich, a threat intelligence analysis at Kila, explained that it appears all of the files stolen, which apparently include source code for Cyberpunk 2077, multiple versions of The Witcher 3, and Gwent. Were sold in a single package. It's unclear who the buyer is or what they intend to do with the files at the time of writing. So Andrew and I were sitting here kind of talking like, what exactly do you do with this code, Andrew? What was your – you see that they got hacked. You see they got stolen.
1: You see what got stolen. I mean, thoughts? I mean, where are they going with this? I don't know. It's a crazy story in general because even when they got hacked – someone left them a note saying, ha, huh, you, like, you got pwned. Like, they actually used that word within their little script. And they even said, like, well, we'll sell you back, whatever, or you have a chance to get back to us if you want to buy this stuff back. Or I'm sure that you probably have a back of it on your server, so no big deal. Either way, we have your shit. But that's... Yeah, I I, don't, I honestly don't even know what you do with this sort of stuff because it's not like they could go out of their way to make Cyberpunk or anything like that and make it themselves and... Unless there's some weird, like, corporate espionage. Even still, Cyberpunk didn't run that good anyways, and neither did The Witcher 3. So I don't know what anyone would do with it. The only thing I could think of, and I I don't know how this works, so maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, is this would help hackers to make it, like, free or something like that. So that way you could download it and bypass, like... All the weird security shit to make it not run on like a PC. That's the only thing I could possibly think of. But even still, I don't even know if those two would even be related.
0: Yeah, and it's it's weird because these guys got it, and what other people were kind of theorizing, or at least maybe this is what the plan was, is they they want to take it and then try to sell it back as a, at a ransom to City Project Red and City Project went out to say that, you know, we're not going to deal with this. We're not going to be the guys going out of our way to try to um, to buy this back because one of the other things that uh, people were kind of wondering is, well, who did it? And uh, first fingers were pointed at, was it a disgruntled employee? Is it just a really pissed off fan? So if you continue in the article, it goes on to say that uh, the amount of people that are thinking this was done by a disgruntled gamer is laughable. Judging by the ransom note that was shared, which Andrew was just mentioning, uh, this was done by a ransomware group we track as Hello Kitty. This has nothing to do with a disgruntled gamers and is just your average ransomware. So Hello Kitty is, I, I believe, at the time um, when they were writing this, has not been officially identified. They're saying all signs kind of point to Hello Kitty. But if that is the case, and it is just random, you know, ransomware going in, and that that's just maybe that was just the you know the bullet point for them in the day. What can we get? Oh, look, what we got today. This is what it was. And there was no angle or kind of uh, back end deal that they were trying to um, trying to force out of City Project Red. So if it is just these random hackers going in and taking random code and that's just the end of the day what they got, again, that is just kind of weird because we keep seeing more and more of these companies get hacked and just taking all this data and stuff. Because one of the things on Twitter I think they were responding to is they were saying um, no ex-employee. Uh, confidential data was taken but to still be, you know, still be on your guard. So if that's the case and they were just doing it I mean, like for fun
1: or for uh, the hobby. I, yeah, because even still after stealing something like that, you would have to find the proper crowd to actually be able to do something with it. And again, I don't even know what you would do with it. So I don't know who would buy something like that or even, you know, what something like that would even go for.
0: Yeah, well, because they do go on. So as of today, because this story kicked off a few days ago, there was an actual – auction on the black market and this was other kind of i read the article because it really kind of shows how these things kind of uh function and i guess it's it has been officially sold to someone and they're saying that it's around seven million dollars so somebody bought source code for these three uh projects at seven million dollars so i mean do you look at that as like would that be a group just trying to obtain more code is that one guy that just wants this in
1: his in his uh, in his collection, I wonder, too. And it's, that, just, it's such an odd thing, and that's the thing because it did say it was up for bid. But I wonder if one person just like outbid everyone else, where there are multiple bidders, nobody bid on it, and this one just, like, hey, I'll give you seven million dollars or something like that for it. Like we have no clue where this is coming from. And again, I, I don't know, even after you buy it, what do you do with it? Yeah, so this that all broke today in terms of the auction.
0: So I'm sure over the next week or so we're going to see more of what in, is in line for what. how the CD Projekt Red is going to respond or, you know, what comes of this. But it is interesting that they got hit and it just seems I'm kind of leaning more towards the Hello Kitty group and it was just random attack based on that that's note, what they got
1: yeah based on that note i'd have to say the same thing too it didn't seem like some if it was a disgruntled person there'd probably be a lot more personal be like oh fuck you blah blah, blah or n- no note at all let alone aha ah, ha, you got pwned
0: yeah especially you know it's just it's funny to think about Get back but, to us but sad, not. yeah <laughs> so leave your guys thoughts down below of what you guys think happened because um it's a real thing and it's just it's just you know if you are a hacker let us know what you could do with with things yeah, like if you know random piece of the source
1: code. code yeah let me know
0: so um that is the end of that one and let's move into story number two and that is that the cast of the last of us is coming together uh more effectively now if you're unfamiliar with the last of us that is naughty dog ip that has blown up especially with one in the remaster and then now pretty much uh part two that swept the game awards and it is going to be shown on HBO, and as of the last few days, they're showing that uh, Pedro Pascal, who's going to play Joel, you know, he has fame from The Mandalorian, Game of Thrones, he was in uh, The Kingsman 2, and uh, Ellie is going to be played by Bella Ramsey, who also is popular from Game of Thrones, and her other shows were Hilda and The Worst Witch. Um, Andrew, looking at that cast of our two main people, because obviously it looks like they're going to be, you know, they're focusing on The
1: Last of Us Part 1. I mean, how do you like those
0: those names and, and those actors?
1: I think Pedro Pascal is cool, especially because he's blown up. That, and there's a big difference between what he does in The Mandalorian and Game of Thrones. I forget what his name is in Game of Thrones. I just remember
0: him being the serpent. The Red Serpent. Yeah, um, yeah he's... Tomorrow
1: a, or something. I, after, yeah, I can't remember his name right now, but he's, like, one of the Dornish people. And so it's just, like, he has, like, a completely different accent, completely different everything. So there's, like, a very broad range, whereas the girl is just Leanna Mormont, the leader of, like, Bear Island. And... I, feel, I don't know if it's just the show, but she looked like tiny, like kind of almost like a naturally like small, but I don't know how old she was either. So I don't really, I don't know. I feel like she always kind of like look weird and she doesn't look like, like not weird in a bad way, but not that she would really fit like an Ellie to me. Yeah. I, I don't think. And not that you would have to
0: necessarily make them look particularly like them, because I don't really think. Pedro Pascal looks like be a Joel, now. but I think he's the the better selection. I think they could have moved in a different direction. I think he's hot right now. He's definitely hot as fuck because of Mandalorian. So Who would you, you rather see? Um, I don't know, but I'm, I don't know. Like a younger Josh Brolin type character. More square-jawed kind of rugged guy than than him. But if you watch him in Kingsman 2, I really like him in that persona. So he's not the one I have an issue with. It's the girl... Um, uh, Bella Ramsey, I- I've never seen Hilda or the Worst Witch, and she's got, like, like 50-plus episodes in both of those, so it seems like acting and TV is definitely in her wheelhouse, um, and I know everyone loved her in Game of Thrones, but if you're saying, you know, if, if I'm just saying, you know, it's not based on look, then she really does not look like her at all, and I don't know if she would even encapsulate the vibe that Ellie is, but I don't know who, who like, the hot, you know, 15-year-old actress would be right now to to pop into that slot, so... Is she the best choice? I don't know who you know. I kind of want to see the shortlist of who else they were looking at and what she did in her audition to nail it. Because to me, it would have been had to have really good. Because that's a, a very heavy emotional piece of uh, you know of dialogue and content. And she had to have something well to impress them to get it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll definitely wait and reserve judgment until I see a trailer. Like, my opinion is I don't feel like it kind of fits, but I'm not going to knock it until I see something out of it first. Because, you know, for all I know, she could just absolutely kill it maybe look completely different. Again, the same way Pedro Pascal's transfer from, you know, this... Dornish guy who lives in the sands to some guy who lives in outer space. Do you like that they're both coming off of Game of Thrones? Because one of the other things is I know, wonder if they just only cast people from Game of Thrones. Well,
0: they it's all, cause they're on HBO. So when Game of Thrones fell off and stopped airing, they lost over like half their subscriptions. Yeah. I'm so sure. I'm curious of just trying to pull talent from the old HBO wheelhouse and go, hey, let's put them in another HBO show. They're both Game of Thrones, people that, you know, was part
1: of our biggest subscription, and now this may may bring people back. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. I that that might be that one be like another good tactic because again those are two like very very popular characters from the show whether or not and they didn't even have to be in the show that long you know it's almost like a cal Drogo kind of situation where they're more popular from that and they've been in tons of other things and major other things and they weren't even in it for that long
0: yeah because and the other thing is you know a lot of people are excited that um craig mazin is going to be a part of this he's uh he was the guy that brought us chernobyl and if you haven't seen that Go watch that show. Not. Dude, that is some good stuff. And he's uh, supposed to be adopting the story with Neil Druckmann because a lot of people are kind of curious. Neil Druckmann has a lot on his plate, you know, for him to step away from 90 Dogs to focus on TV, kind of a weird direction. So the fact that Craig Mazin is in there is actually uh, really cool. So there's another article um, that was coming out, and you guys can check that as well in our description. And it goes on to say this Co creator Craig Mazin. Uh, has also hinted that the Last of Us HBO series may be a more definitive version of the game's story, telling the uh, telling the BBC. In this case, I'm doing it with Neil Druckmann, and so the changes that we're making that uh, are designed to fill out and expand, not to undo, but rather to enhance. In the same interview, he added that the TV series will include a moment, a moment not in the games that will make our jaws drop, and that to me is the most exciting part. I I don't want them to make a beat for beat. Uh, action point thing that moves us you know across the timeline of the last of us because we all got to play the game it's you know it's it's really good and to use another game of thrones reference i kind of want them to stand out from what the game the source material is especially how we watched game of thrones the books went one way and the show kind of went the other way i want you know the the show to give us you know fault like what they're saying enhance that stuff that we missed in the game but give us new things that ne- not are not necessarily in that that gives me a reason to watch it. Because as a, someone that's beat
1: number one, why do I need to watch the, the show if it's going to be identical? I love when you can take points to something and then kind of string it along to make it, like, fuller. Like, an example that I kind of tell Craig of, and that that's why I'm, I, I'm hyped for the show. If they could do, like, a fuller version of in-between something to kind of strengthen what you already know would be the difference between, like, the Resident Evil games and the Resident Evil books. So if you go and read the books that are based off the games, they follow the the plot line of the game is like point for point for point, but there's lots of in between. So like in the first game, you don't really know what Wesker's doing or Barry's doing in between. So you kind of fill out that plot line while they're also saying what Jill's doing, what Rebecca's doing, Richard and stuff like that. And so I, when I'm going back and replaying the game now, in my head, I'm thinking, like, okay, as I'm going through here, I know Wesker's here. And as someone who's, like, you try, I'm like, oh, you know, I catch myself thinking, like, oh, you know what, that's not even from the game. That's from the books. I didn't read that in a note or anything else like that. But it made my experience, I felt, like, that much richer.
0: Yeah, let's definitely, like, fill out that lore and, and give us some names of other characters. Because the other thing you got to look at is nobody else is really cast. It's If you look at IMDb, it's really just those two. So... Have they even done any filming because this project's been talked about for at least I think the last year or two, so if we're just barely getting the cast of our leads, then really, how far along are we in the project and by the time you start filming episodes, I'd assume it'd probably be a ten episode you know season you know is are we going to lose the, does anybody want to see a last of us? you know what I mean if another two or three years go by, is it still even going to be hot because if they were to air it sometime this year or maybe early next year, it's still coming off The Last of Us Part Two. If you lose that momentum, I'm, I'm curious if it's even going to draw any more eyes outside of gamers or people that are potentially interested in another zombie type show a more mature zombie type show
1: yeah especially coming off of something like i mean you already have like the walking dead i know there's like another zombie show that's kind of popular on the sci-fi channel i forget what it's called but there's already like a huge you know there's all kinds of different things out there plus the walking dead doesn't just have the walking dead it's got fear the walking dead so it's already got two different versions of a successful zombie show so like how do you match up to that yeah overall i'd say it's it's good news
0: um are they the first two people i would have picked uh, maybe not, and maybe I'll, you know after this episode airs, I'll I'll drop in the comments who my picks would have been. I would have liked to see yours. Um, am I mad at it though? I don't think so. I think they're fair. And until we see a trailer and hear them speaking, um, I think I, we can make a more comfortable judgment then. I would have cast myself as Joel. Oh, not nice. has the jaw for it. Dude, that jaw is tough to get, and you gotta have that that burly kind of voice. And I, and I know Pedro Ooh. can hit it, but I want more of that kind of. You know that Josh Brolin
1: archetype. Depending right, on right. like age, I think a good younger Joel would be like John Bernthal. Ooh, John Bernthal, because he's he definitely be got good. that voice. He's definitely got that like grizzled, like fucking well, more, like, scene team. I, I, yeah, because he already did that Uh, uh one. Thing, that so... was a really good demo role. Yeah, so, so Look really like, cool. at the
0: Nathan Fillion, right? Nathan Fillion who did that. Yeah, yeah. right. And uh, dude, he would have been a good cast. So. Uh, anything else you want to add to the cast of that or your thoughts on it? I, I trademarked John Bernthal, so don't take that. <laughs> so let's move into a little uh, riffing it up, 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 up. Andrew, do you want to riff it up first? you want me to riff it up? How do you How do you want to riff this? I want you to go first. Okay, so I will. If you guys check our Instagram, this story was posted on there, but we'll dive into it a little more. So... Uh, The Switch revealed the games that it's going to be adding to the NES and the SNES online services that are coming on February 17th. So that's just about a week by the time you guys are watching this. And I have the um, Switch online stuff, and I love going back and playing the NES and the SNES games and stuff like that. So what they were showing that they're going to be adding is from the SNES catalog, uh, Doomsday Warrior, which was a fighting game. Uh, prehistoric man, which looked kind of like a platforming adventure game, like a precursor to Tomba. <laughs> yeah, like we were just saying, it's a Tomba. And a uh, Psycho Dream, which really looks like it has some like Ninja Gaiden type vibes to it. The way you know you're moving around, the way you're, you're sword fighting with it. And then out of the NES, they were adding uh, Fire and Ice, which really look like kind of like a puzzle solver stage to stage type game. And you know, one of the things I was asking Andrew because I've maybe heard of one of them, like. How many of these games have you ever heard of, and do you think it's a good lineup? Because especially if you're looking at, like, PS Plus and PS Now and all the games they just recently added, fire. You look at games that, like, Xbox recently has been adding, solid stuff. And then you look at what NES is adding to that, games that most people, I would say, have probably never heard of. So is Nintendo cutting, you know, cutting it cheap, or are they trying to bring more of these games to the
1: spotlight that, that we've never heard of? I think this is something that already probably should have been on there. Because, like, none of these games look fantastic. And they're all, like, 80s games. Like, maybe one of them looked maybe like they it might have been released the in, like, 91 or, like, <laughs> just January 1st, 1990. But, <laughs> yeah, they didn't look anything exciting. So, I don't get why they put out, like, a trailer to, like, hey, let's hype this up. Like, here, here you go, guys. So, it'd be, like, I don't know. You see everyone, it's... What's he say? Uh, It's like getting to the Russian bread line. You get to the front, there's no bread left. There's no bread. Um, I was looking... Those are crumbs. Because I'm definitely going to play it. I think if any of these games
0: shine, then yeah, it's a solid lineup. But when looking at the trailer, nothing, like, jumped out. Psycho Dream looked like it was the coolest. And, you know, if it is... That's the only one I can kind of remember. Prehistoric Man looks like it would be kind of cool. But if these games are just kind of, you know, C games, maybe B, then yeah, it is kind of a letdown that, you know... The online service is the cheapest, twenty bucks for the year. And it gives you those those free because the the NES and the SNES online are are free apps with your online service, so you can't really complain about free, especially now that they're giving you four titles. But it's just like. Nintendo's got the healthiest catalog of great old games from that era right I would like to see more good games because you do have your Donkey Kongs and Marios on there
1: but give me something cooler that I've never heard of not something I've never heard of that you guys are just trying to fill up space yeah I felt like that would have been the better option is take something else that's not on there that's an A title and put that in there and then here's some other ones that maybe they'll hit with you maybe they won't yeah so that's my riff what do you got so, speaking of what other people are doing and adding, my riff is that Final Fantasy XII, the Zodiac Age, is now finally on the Game Pass. I actually went ahead and downloaded that last night. So, hype for that. I'm super excited to play it. That's after I beat like three other 50 hour RPGs. Oh, so, yeah, I, because I, I still have,
0: Gino came over and I was actually showing him that I have my uh, PS2 Final Fantasy XII still book with the DVD and all the footage oh, and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, that yeah I'll, show, cool. I'll show you that too after this. Um, Really looking forward to FF12. I've been kind of slacking on replaying Final Fantasies, and 15 is one that I need to get to sooner or later. But 12 is one I absolutely love. Like I'd put it on not the same level of like a Final Fantasy 7, but it'd be in my top three. And that's a game you know because I just downloaded it too. I'm definitely going to start playing. So I'm definitely looking forward to that.
1: Uh, yeah, and it's kind of weird too because I I wouldn't say the story on there is better than like seven, eight, nine, ten at all. Really, kind of depending. But it's more the combat that really stayed with me for some reason. Because it, it, it's turn-based, but it's more kind of almost like an MMO, and you can even set up, like, gambits for your characters and stuff like that. It's kind that, of like the precursor of how
0: FF7 Remake was running, you know? I mean, kind of the live-action, run-around, change your stuff up. I mean, yeah, solid combat.
1: Yeah, so either way, if, if it's something you haven't tried yet... Definitely get out there and do it because that game was fire when it came out, and I've heard that this Zodiac Age kind of takes off some limitations for the original one, so it's much better.
0: Yeah, so check it out and uh, and for we, anyone who was wondering
1: what I was looking up, I was looking up that guy's name. It's Oberyn Martell. Uh, see, I see. I think I said Game of Thrones because yeah. I couldn't remember his it crazy. It's so weird. Most
0: people remember the last name and not his first name because Martell's the family name, and like to me, Oberyn is what like stuck out, but I like, I couldn't think of his last name. So uh, that's that's funny. Uh, so, Andrew, let's move into a little, what are you up to? Would, do you want to tell me what you're up to, or would you like me to tell you what I'm up to? I want to
1: tell you what I'm doing. Well, hey, you know what? The mic is yours. Tell me all about this is it. is nothing I... special, ever. No. But uh, right now, actually, should be up soon, kind of just fine-tuning some things. A little shameless plug is a short review for the medium. But besides that, because I finished it, of course, I actually started Dragon Quest Eleven. The elusive, uh, elusive Age, that came to Xbox. That's actually on the Game Pass. I think that came to Xbox in, like, December, maybe, like, late November. I don't know why. It's just something that's kind of, like, really captured my eye. I've really been wanting to try it. I'm only, like, an hour in, and I'm actually already loving the game. Like, the music's great. The characters are cool. I'm liking the combat. Like, I think it's a great game, and I never really... I think it's... Uh, Kira Toriyama is his name, the person who does like the art for Dragon Ball Z, and this is Square Enix game, of course. So they um, use that sort of art style. I never really thought his art style was that great, especially I. I'm not a fan of like Dragon Ball Super's art style, especially what they've done to some characters, especially like Trunks. Trunks is way better in the original than anything he could possibly <laughs> hope to be in the new one. But the art style fits here really good. And I put it in English. The voice acting is really good. And so far, like I can't wait to get home and like try more of it. I'm actually really, really looking forward to getting Dude, more into that game. That's a long-haul game, man. That's how many endings? Like all? I, I have no five, clue. Five, seven, twelve? I just looked it up, and they said it should take you about 50 hours to complete it. So I'm like, all right, cool. You know, whatever. I'm on board. I haven't played a big, big game in a minute. That This will be my big one. And then the other thing I've been doing, too, is uh, re-watching. It's called Epically Latered. It's like a series from Viceland. And uh, usually it's uh, it's about, like, famous skaters and kind of the situations they're in. And, uh, like, a, like, a little biography. I actually, for, I had never seen it before. I first started watching it last year because they did one on Bam Margera because he had, like, disappeared from skateboarding for a while and then came back. And the one that I had watched the other day that I had never seen was on Chad Muscas, who was, like, a huge influence and, like, a big impact on skateboarding. So it was just crazy to kind of see him, like... I didn't know a lot of the stuff about him, and then now it's crazy, like, how big he got, and the drugs, and I mean, it, it's a whole crazy story, but definitely check it out. They're all on, like, YouTube. Yeah. I definitely say, if you're even interested in that sort of stuff, it's definitely worth a watch. It's crazy interesting. Even if you're not into skateboarding, and you were just into the Tony Hawk games, you might even find something in there that's for you, because they kind of go over some of that stuff with Chad Muska. Nice, yeah, because I was watching some of it, because he brought it to my attention, and it's only,
0: like, 40 minutes or something like yeah, that, it's, so a, you, it's can bang it out. you can bang it out real quick, so... Uh, what I'm up to, yeah, is speaking of watching some documentaries and stuff. The on Hulu there is this documentary that I was watching. It's called Framing. I believe it's called Framing Britney Spears, and it's nuts, man. I don't really dive into watching like documentaries on celebrities. I'm more interesting and in, like, interested in like history or something, you know, something along the lines. But there's a couple people that stand out. Britney Spears is our girl, and I didn't. It it goes into like what happened when everyone thought she was just like snapped and freaking out way more into depth of this depth in this stuff and it gets into this concept that she's been her dad is her conservator and if you're not if you don't know what that is generally it's a term that's used with old people that cannot that are no longer mentally stable and have to have someone take over their affairs and their property and their money and she's under this with like her dad so it goes into this whole movement of, like, free Britney free Britney, is it, free Britney she, like, Spears. in a battle
1: or something like that with them trying yeah, to get back? It's crazy
0: because she's not old, and she was she's, like, selling out Las Vegas, or she was until she put it on hiatus. And so it's a really interesting look. If you have Hulu, it's, like, it's like an hour and 25 minutes. So
1: I thought that was really interesting. <laughs> when I went to work today, they were like, oh, I'm watching this Britney Spears. I was like, oh, you know what? Craig was just telling me about that, too. He said it was pretty good. It's good, man. Check it out. Uh, DeAndra was watching it, and then I started watching. And
0: I was like, damn, this is, this is juicy stuff. Um, I told you guys... Last week, I'm trying to run through the MCU, so I knocked out two more movies. I knocked out Iron Man and Iron Man Two, so that moves me into uh, Thor territory. So I'm gonna start I actually really knocking like that two, dude. One and two are great, and everyone's like, "Oh, Marvel has no good villains besides Loki." Dude, Hammer is a fantastic yeah, I villain, love Justin and, and Obadiah was awesome too. Yeah, like, Iron Man lost two good villains that are better. You know, because I was talking to my buddy Casey too. I was like, "They don't need to have you keep having these magical." You know, superior. You know, um, beings. beings to their enemy instead of just someone that's like a tyrant in corporate America. And I kind of like them more than I like some of the guys that are just. I'm a powerful being, so let's take the whole group to fight you. But uh, what's been taking my time from gaming is Gino, Dante, and I are getting into playing some Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition at our local uh, card shop, which is The Wasteland. Shout out to Tim Lazoya. And that's been really exciting stuff. I've been buying some books. We've been creating our characters. So that's been a lot of fun. If you guys are D&D guys, leave it in the comments because I'd love to talk with you, see some of your builds. Uh, the build I was going with was an Asamir Cleric. Uh Cleric. Dante was going with a Goliath Paladin. And Gino's looking at a Wood Elf Barbarian. So I love that kind of dorky shit. So that is everything I'm up to. So, Andrew, let's move into some questions of the week. So we have two today. And the first one comes from uh, Talha Kasim and he says, Hey, Craig, it's pretty cool that you're revisiting the Marvel films because they're always the ones I'd rewatch a million times. Question, what are your guys' favorite superhero movies? Mine is The Dark Knight Rises. So, yeah, that alludes to what I was saying about the MCU. Uh, I think you answered
1: in the comments, but what did you put for yours? Well, first, actually, going back and reading this now, I want to give you a shout-out because most people would say The Dark Knight I actually prefer He's the dark I I prefer the Dark Knight Rises and these guys call me crazy all the time. I'll take 3 over 2 for some reason. I love 3 the most. But I would say lately out of like my number ones, if, if I'm trying to stay away from typical like Iron Man, cause I think Iron Man number 1 especially since it kick started the whole thing and holds up is yeah, and holds up easily is top tier. I'd say more modern would be Doctor Strange because that was something I went into not really knowing anything about him, not really caring. Same thing like, um, I can't think of it right now, I'm brain farting. Either way, I went into it just blocked. not knowing too much about it and not knowing anything about him to absolutely loving this character, and I love that movie. I think that movie is absolutely great. I would definitely put that in my top five Marvel movies. Nice. Um, I was
0: looking, I'm a big Spider-Man fan, so when they redid, Uh, Or when Sony rebooted it for the third time, Spider-Man Homecoming, out of all the new kind of MCU movies, that's the one I love. I love the rendition they did with Vulture. Michael Keaton is such a badass. Like, I love what they did with that. But if I'm talking like all time and longevity that I still think holds up is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 is one of my favorite superhero movies of all time. So uh, super appreciate the question. And I'd love to hear everybody else's answers down below. Uh, last question comes from Daniel Backstrom and he writes have you guys ever read the wheel of time any opinions on the upcoming series on Amazon, um, I don't know how to read so <laughs> The Wheel of time no man. I never jumped into it. I know it's huge I know Robert Jordan is the uh, author, but the book series is almost like Game of Thrones it's, just, it's like 11. I think probably I think it's way bigger It's like 11 plus titles of it and I, I was looking up some trivia it's like saying that it's got like over 2,598 named characters within this series. So it's a huge one. I know if you're like a big fantasy fan, it's one of the ones you should be looking at. I've never jumped into it. and I don't know if this late in the game I will. But to answer your Amazon question, um, I know they've been in development for like two years. And I know they are one of the big ones on Amazon that got halted from the COVID the only thing is, there, there still hasn't been a trailer out for it, because I, I look for it. There's a bunch of fan-made ones, and I don't recognize really anybody in the cast on this to be like, oh, I'm looking forward to their performance or not. So, as far as the show goes, you know, high hopes. You know, I never want a, a, you know, a cool fantasy thing to fail, but I really, I mean, I can't really give too honest of an opinion, because I don't really know much about it outside I outside of, that I know it's one of the the better fantasy series that you should be reading, if that's your cup of tea, so... Hope that's not too disappointing, but leave me in the comments below uh, yours because I'd love to hear yours. And maybe you can sway me to read it because I'm on a book reading Rampage right
1: now. Yeah, I was going to say, I have no clue. Before what I was thinking of, I was trying to think of Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, I, I almost said Guardians of the Galaxy, but I'm like, no, nah, he would know Guardians of the Galaxy. Nah, before I went into that movie, I remember me and Christina going, we're like, all right, we'll just go and see I it. I almost said Guardians. Because we don't think it's going to be like anything great, but we'll try it out because we don't know anything about it. Once we saw it the day it came out. Loved it. And I, yeah, I absolutely loved that movie. And from then on, I was like, okay. No matter if I know him or not, I'm just going to go see the movie day one. And I did the same thing with Doctor Strange. And I, I love Doctor yeah, Strange. Yeah, and she hasn't let us down. And my, my the movie I hated the most was Captain Marvel. Yeah. After I rewatched it,
0: I, I have new respect for it. I like, I like it. It's not my favorite. It's, it's not in my top 20 out of the 23 movies they have. But it's not as bad as I thought it was. Yeah,
1: so. it's, it's not terrible. But yeah, I wouldn't put it in my top
0: five. Probably not even ten. Ooh, so guys, that is the end of this episode. Make sure you leave in the comments down below uh, answers to your questions, thoughts on our opinions, and the articles at
1: hand. So Andrew, with that being said, um, anything else you want to add to the folks at home? Yeah, make sure, as always, that you guys are subscribed because it helps us out. Leave those comments. That drastically helps us out. Help us get out there. So that way, I mean, again, we have another contest. We've had some stuff going on in the background. I've been sick, so we kind of had to put it on hold. But it helps us to do more things and give back to you guys, which we love to do. So, Guys, so until next episode, my name is Craig
0: Perales, and that is Manja Montemayor. Here's water for you. Cheers. I'm right. super shredder. And I believe they're under the the beach. They're under like they're under like the, the, pier. Uh, the pier. Oh, they're under and, and he starts wrecking through it, and then it falls on him. And they all pop their shells pop up out of the water. And they're like, "Man, I love being a turtle." And they look over because he does this thing again,
1: and they're like, "No way!" And then he finally, oh, so that's when he's finally toast. So I feel like that's the only part I kind of remember. Like I can tell you. Oh, dude, you when we
0: watch it, and you honest. Let's rewatch it. I would like you to honestly tell it. me if you think it's like a bad movie. Dude, Kino's the shit. You got turtles that
1: actually have different personalities instead of being I just, kind of stupid. I just felt like from going back and watching the. Uh, I was like, I have fond memories of this, but going back and watching the cartoon, the cartoon fucking sucked. I remember oh, no, the
0: cartoon does not hold up. This I remember I it being looks good, good
1: so that's why I was like, uh, I don't know how that would hold up. Because I love the first one, especially fucking... I message for you, April O'Neill and then he oh. just slaps a pie. Dude, as I'm a like, kid, oh, I fuck. never
0: realized that the April O'Neil... Like, as a kid, you don't really look for that shit. But I didn't know the April O'Neils switched. So, like, recently when I watched them again, it's like, it's two different people playing April O'Neill. But Casey Jones, bro, three sucks. Like, I'll give you that. Like, I would just stop at one and two. I
1: don't even... Isn't it three, like, they, like, time travel or something? Yeah, I don't even to, know like, how the fuck they travel or why. They get, like, this
0: light, and it fucking spins. And they, it, they're, like, part of a prophecy from, like... The
1: samurai era or some shit like that doesn't one of them like fall in love with a chick in the past or something i think mikey does but you know but they all fell in love with april so i mean we're well, not you... like it's not too weird of a concept of that they just like somebody but yeah don't one of them like try to stay in the past or something though i think they all do at one point and then don't they bring the chick to the future with them See, how
0: the fuck do you know more about three than
1: <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> then you do one or two i don't know man